Welcome to the Leadership Sensei Radio, the small business podcast where we go long form with business owners and experienced leaders on what it takes to succeed in business today. I'm your host, Brett Morrison. If you're a first time listener, welcome along. If you're coming back and tuning in again, I thank you. It is you, the listeners, who make this show matter. So let's get this started. So last week we started our series on how to be a power communicator. And at the end of the day, it's about building rapport and being able to connect with people. And we went through part of the, a model that's called the DISC, DISC model, and we looked at the dominant energy and the types of traits or characteristics that come along with people who have that, that D energy very strong in them. I still want to re-emphasize the point that we all have each of these four energies in us. And it's up to us to learn how to use those energies and when, which is important, when to use those energies to make sure that our communication is strong and influential. The energy I want to cover off this week is the next one along, which is the I energy or the influencer. In a mature state, our influencer type people are social, they're open, they they can be very playful and they embrace vulnerability and this makes them very warm people as a, as a generalization and they connect very well with people and that comes back then to what those core needs are like last week we talked about the core needs of of the d personality being certainty significance where their i people i personalities our i energy is completely different our i energies are really about variety and connection so that connection becomes really, really important to them. And they do it in, a, in an interesting way, is that it's not about having deep and meaningful one-on-one uh, conversations. Generally, so they like to play the host. They do the host thing very well, and they connect with people. So good networkers. In our immature eye energy, though, and I mentioned last week how we have the resourceful and the unresourceful side of each of these elements. So the immature side... Our energies become frantic, careless. They can almost become hasty and, and to, a, to a point, disconnected. And their heart closes up. And I think that's what makes our energies quite warm, people, is that they do connect well with their heart. They're not always thinking with their head. They're actually living through their heart and they keep their heart space open, which is, allows them to connect on a really authentic level with other people. Now, they're also known as the captains of fun and optimism. You know the type of people that you know, the world can be literally imploding around them and, and they'll see the upside of it. They're a little bit Pollyanna, but at the end of the day, they are just happy people generally and they're looking for the bright side. They're looking for the, the upside of any situation. Because they are authentic and they understand people's emotions, they can be quite diplomatic. They can talk, take a bad conversation and deliver bad news. And they can also handle tricky situations. And I know in most workplaces there's a level of political manoeuvring that goes on. And our I people are the ones that tend to be able to float between the different factions and be diplomatic in each space. And in some ways they become very influential because they start connecting the different factions without the political agendas coming along with them. We look at their I energy because they are diplomatic. And because they do connect well with their heart, and because 
connection is important to them, they are known as the masters of rapport as well. And it's interesting because the whole idea of being able to influence people and be a power communicator is this concept behind building rapport and having almost to a point where they assume rapport in every relationship or every connection that they have with people. Which is completely different to a lot of people that you meet them, and especially shy people, they don't assume rapport. They go, oh, what if they don't like me? What if they think this? Or what? And they, they run this re- tape on repeat of all the what-ifs that could go wrong. Our eye energies assume rapport. They know that they can connect with people. They know that they can find some common ground. And to be honest, this is something that you can practice. And the best way to practice is when you go to a barbecue. How often have you been to a barbecue and the conversation goes something like this? Hi, uh, what's your name? Oh, that's, that's great. Um, so what do you do, mate? And they'll tell you what they do. They'll say, oh, look, I'm a, I'm a builder. And you go, oh, great. Um, that's great. And the conversation stops pretty much after, what's your name? What do you do? If you're really good at connecting with people, you might go, oh, do you enjoy it, mate? So if that's all you got, you're in trouble. This is where you can start to practice and have some questions up your sleeve about like why, what, what is it about the job that they enjoy? What drives them to do that? What specifically you know, got them into that in the first place? Where do they see themselves going? So there's a whole range of questions you can start to ask that builds rapport. And the reason why this rapport idea is important is because you're connecting with them and this is where you do need to open up your heart space. But people feel that you actually care about what they're saying. And there's an old saying, and I can't remember who said it, but it goes along the lines that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And this is very true in building relationships, having conversations, and essentially building, building rapport with people. When they know that you care about what they're saying, if they know that you care about what's happening to them on a daily basis, they will start to connect with you because they trust you with their emotions they trust you with their time they trust you with their thoughts and that's the trust that builds rapport and creates the connection our eye people are great at generating ideas Uh, big picture people not so good on the detail and very similar in the way that they process information to our d energies so last week we talked about the d energies Um, only needing about 50% of the information, they're ready to make a decision and move on. They make fairly good decisions because they have a criteria around how they make it. They may not be aware of that criteria as we talked about, but they will have one nonetheless. On the flip side of that, our eye energies also only need about 50% of the information, but they don't need a criteria. Actually, most of them don't actually have a criteria. And what happens is that they suffer from what we call the bright, shiny thing syndrome. I can remember going into a workshop one day, and we had probably you know, 20 or 30 people in the room, and one of the senior executives that arranged the workshop in the first place happened to be a, a lady in a very male-dominated environment, and she sat strongly in this eye energy. And so I, I just said, look, I just want to go out on a limb here. And I mentioned to her, I said, I'm going to put out there that you've actually got multiple pairs of shoes at home in your cupboard that you've never worn. And she just turned white as a ghost. And she goes, how do you know that? 
So this is what I mean. This is how you start to put into practice understanding all these different elements of the different energy types. When you suspect someone of being an I energy, they are drawn to bright, shiny things. Like they'll go past a shoe shop and they'll go, wow, look at that. That looks really cool. And they'll buy them. Then they'll get home and go, oh, gee, I've got nothing actually to wear that with. And they'll sit in the cupboard and they'll never wear them. And it's not just the women that suffer from this. Men do exactly the same thing, just with probably more expensive toys. Knowing all these elements and knowing how it breaks down to the different energy types is no good to you unless you are prepared to put it into practice and try it out. So when you do that and like knowing, like that was just one thing that I could say about that particular lady, but there's other things that she came up to me afterwards. I said, well, look, also I'm thinking that you probably do this and you probably do that. And she just goes, wow, that is so spot on. Now, I didn't have any magical insight into her. It's just that I understood this particular model and how the elements come into play together. There's a word of warning though, and I should have mentioned this last week, and maybe I did. Do not pigeonhole people. When you start talking about these personality mo tra or models in particular, these tools, it's very easy for pe people to stereotype, pigeonhole people and go, oh, you're an I and this is exactly what you do and that's all you do. This is not right. And some people will do it to themselves, unfortunately. But the reality is that we are part, as I've mentioned before, we are part, have part of all four of these energies in us. It's just a matter of when we bring them out and how much of it we bring out. There will be a couple that are dominant, for sure. But we have elements of each. So sometimes you'll meet someone and go, oh, that's a bit of a D trait, but I didn't see that coming. Well, it's because we all have parts of each of the energies in us. Okay, so we haven't really touched on yet this whole idea about variety for our eye energies. Our, talk about the core needs of variety and connection. So variety is actually their number one core need. So these are the people that will probably not go to the holiday in the same spot every year. They don't like doing the same thing. And as a result of that, commercially... Our eye people can be not the most loyal people going. For example, if an eye energy is going to the same hairdressing salon for year after year, then one opens up two, two shops down, they are just as likely to walk past that and go, oh, look at that. There's a new hair salon. Oh, I'll try them out. And they'll go in there. And it doesn't mean so that they don't like the old one. It doesn't mean so they're not happy at the old one. They just want to try something new. And this is where the shiny bright thing syndrome comes in, right? So they'll see something new, they'll see something bright, they'll see something different, and they'll think, I'd like to give that a try. So they do. There's nothing personal in that. It's just how they are wired. The variety also draws a part of them that, they, that likes change. And this is why, in many instances, the type of people that run your change programs in a workplace, the people that are quick to jump on a, a new idea or a new program generally have a lot of I in them. They're the people that are happy to facilitate the change. They'll see something new and go, gee, that, that's going to be a lot of fun. And you'll hear them use words like that. So what do you like about your job? Oh, it's, it's fun. And everyone else is going, no, it's not. Work, work is not fun. But for them, they will use that language. And this is how you can start to interpret 
the model and work out where people sit within each of the quadrants by some of the language that they use. Our D energies we mentioned last week are very results focused. On the flip side of that, our I energies aren't about the people aren't about the results, they're more about the people. For the I energy, it's very much about the journey. It's not the destination that counts, it's how you get there. And I'm sure you have heard people use those exact words. Now it doesn't matter where you end up, it's how you get there that's important. And for I people, this is very true. They're also a bit of jokesters, our eyes. Our eye people love to have a have a laugh and they like to have a joke. And because they are diplomatic and you know, and because they have this ability to connect with people, our eye people are, are quite adept at taking an awkward situation and breaking that moment of awkwardness with a joke. I can remember uh, a workshop I went to very early on the piece when I started learning this. Uh, the this, the very big boss of this organisation was a very high C personality. So we haven't covered the C's yet, but just briefly, they are the people that like detail, very very much of the detail. And under pressure, our C personalities can start to micromanage just a little bit. So anyway, this guy was uh, was off the charts in the C space. And for this particular workshop, I'd brought an external consultant in. And so he had the whole exec team there. There's probably about 20 of these guys all in the room. And he just put it out there. He goes, look, so if, if your boss is a high C, for example, under pressure, he may start to micromanage. Anyway, the room went absolutely silent. We were on a carpet floor and you still could have hit a pin drop on it. And everyone just sort of started looking up the ceiling most of them looked down their shoes because they were engineers. And then one guy just out of the blue goes, gee, who would have thought that? And he was an eye. So he just cracked the joke. It was a one-liner. Everyone looked really awkward because they thought, oh, holy crap, he's just cracked the joke about the boss. But the boss thought it was funny. He started laughing. Everyone started laughing. And it just broke the tension in the room. And they got back on with the workshop and everything went smoothly afterwards. So... Part of that is being able to do that. I've seen the f- the other side of that where someone who's not a strong eye personality try to crack a joke and it just made that level of awkwardness go up 10 levels to being super, super awkward. So this is where the resourceful and the unresourceful can come into play. Our eye personalities or eye energies are also future-focused. So along the same lines as our D energies, they're both future focused. They're happy to take a guarantee and they can be very trusting in, in the way that they operate. They also love to live outside their comfort zone and this is where that whole idea of um, embracing change comes into play. Our biggest fear, so we should talk about the fear side of what our eye energies do because many, many people are actually driven more by fear than they are of getting to a reward or something that is good in their life. So the big fear for our eyes is their social rejection. Now, this becomes really important because where last week we talked about the D energy having a high need to win, our eyes, our eye energy has a high need to be liked. So when you combine that high need to be liked with a fear of social rejection, 
it can create a bit of a dilemma, especially for eyes who are in leadership. So there are, it's, I've seen it happen where an eye leader, like an eye type personality who's in leadership, will avoid the conflict because they know if they engage in conflict, if they have to step in and sort some uh, issue out in the workplace, then one of those parties will potentially not like them. This high desire and high need to be liked can start to drive some some unre- unresourceful behavior. And sometimes they just ignore the fact that something's going on. They'll look the other way and go, okay, if I, if I don't see it, then it's not really happening. And really, they'll sort it out themselves. They're all big boys and girls out there. They'll be able to sort it out. But the reality is that people don't. The reality is that as a leader, you need to step up and exert some of that D energy occasionally and go, you know what, that's inappropriate. You need to stop. And by the way, this is how you're going to be doing it. Now, that's not always the case, but unfortunately, our eye energies can start to shape their decisions and sometimes their decision to not make a decision based upon whether they're going to be liked or not liked. So I'll just step back a little bit because we talked before about how our mature eyes are social, open, and they brace their vulnerability. And our immature, on the, on the other side of that, can be a little bit frantic. They can be careless. And we mentioned how they can be disconnected and almost close their heart. And that comes back to how they process the information and make their decisions. We talked about that they are happy to move forward with only 50% of the information, but they don't necessarily have a criteria. So while that leads them to the shiny bright thing syndrome that we, we have already talked about, when they're under pressure, they know they need to make a decision. But because they don't have a criteria around what that decision should be, they just start making bad decisions. Now, sometimes they might fluke and get some good ones going. But without a criteria, it's hard to know whether the decision is going to be good or bad until it's out. This is why they can start to get a little bit frantic because when the pressure is really on and they've got fear of social rejection and they really want to be liked, they're starting to make decisions based upon the wrong foundation. Just want to wrap up quite quickly now about how our eye energy starts to come into play. The type of words that you'll hear them say is that it was fun. I just wanted to do something different. Uh, I wanted to do it because it seemed interesting. Very few people say it's because you know I wanted to get it right. That's just another energy type altogether. But our eyes like the variety. They also like connecting with people and you'll see them, they'll host parties and they will be the social butterflies when you go to a party and they'll talk to everyone. They are future focused. They're happy to take a guarantee over seeing evidence any day. They're happy to make a decision and quickly. Not necessarily with a criteria which can bring them undone. They're very diplomatic and optimistic. Very high on the social intelligence or social and emotional intelligence. They can read a room very well. And they also get the fact that some people, when they're not happy or they are happy, and they can read that the energy level of people quite quite well. And they're good at, good at building relationships uh, and, and connecting with people overall. So that's our ING. I know this is, this is a quick uh, episode this week. But what I encourage you to do is to apply some of the things that you've heard of today. Apply some of the things that, like in real life situations, just try it out. Also, when you have a conversation with someone, 
just take a step back at within the conversation and just listen to the words that they use, the way that they hold themselves. Our eye people will also talk a little bit quicker like our D energies do. Um, and you'll hear them do things like having the fun, enjoying themselves. Enjoying the journey comes through very strongly with our eye energies. A lot of people in project management actually fit into our eye space because they know that at the end of the project, they'll get to work with different people. It'll be a new topic. It'll be a new project. So while it may not seem they're doing different stuff every single day, they know that within a short period of time because a project has an end date, at the end of the project, they'll be able to start on something else. Well, I hope you got value out of that today. Love for you to leave a review at the end uh, once you once you've listened to it on whatever platform that you're listening to, whether it be iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. That'll improve the ratings. And when the ratings go up, that means I can get better quality guests on the show uh, and get some really good uh, stories for you and share experiences with the whole community. Until next week, see you then.